Welcome to the show. This is another uh, COVID-19, I guess, recording uh, of the series. Um, you know, so because a lot of us have been in, in a stay-at-home mode uh, across the country, we've probably watched a lot of movies, which made me think about, you know, what's the best movie um, I never talk about? Uh, and so I wanted to get the opinion of someone else, too. So I have invited back on the series uh, documentary producer, filmmaker, and my, my spouse, Jin Yu Kim. Say hello. Hello. So uh, Jin is back. Uh, she's a very popular guest. Actually helped me book pretty <laughs> much like two thirds of the guests on my show are like friends of Jin. So happy to have her back and happy that she has friends. <laughs> uh, but so, you know, we've both been at home and uh, we've been had a chance to see movies and stuff that we haven't had a chance to see um on a normal case uh so we thought we would talk about the movies that we love that we've never shared with anyone for many reasons yeah so uh i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go first uh then our guest jen will kind of close out the show with her movie um so i'm gonna play for the audience uh for you guys uh, a trailer of my pick and then kind of go into like what Jen thinks about it and what I, why I love it so much. Um, so I'm going to play the trailer and, uh, we'll come right back. The road has always owned Lincoln Hawks. Whatever happens, I want you to stay with him. Michael Cutler is my boy! You've deserted him years ago, and that's a fact that you can't change! Damn you! Damn you. Last time, they drove him from his son. Do you really think you can make up ten years in two to three days? A boy too hurt to know the truth. Grandfather always said you were a loser. Now you're trying to make me one, and I hate you for it! I hate you. Better start someplace. Take the money. Start a new life. Start your own family. Got a family. This time, there'll be no turning back. The court is going to give him to his father unless Hawks can't support him. Lincoln Hawks has a long road to travel. Welcome to the Arm Wrestling World Championship competition. What are the odds on Lincoln Hawks? 20 to 1, pal. Real long shot. He's a man who's never beaten the odds. You never have anything, so you have nothing to lose. This is over. I'm coming again. The world meets nobody halfway. If you want it, Mike, you gotta take it. Michael will never go with you because you're a loser. (laughs) 
Sylvester Stallone. Over the top. All right, so that was the trailer of Over the Top from uh, starring Sylvester Stallone, a nineteen eighty-seven epic classic. Uh, so, Jen, what um, should I quickly pitch what the movie is for the audience in case you didn't quite catch? Yeah, give him like the two-sentence logline. Yeah, if I was in a, a meeting right now and I pitched this movie, I guess I would say. The movie is about a father who must take his son across country to visit uh, his ailing mother. And on the way, he must realize his fate uh, on whether or not he's an arm wrestling god. Well, you also forgot to mention that his relationship with his son is estranged. Oh man, yeah, that was <laughs> a bad. It, that that was a bad line. pitch. Yeah, I. An estranged father. An estranged father must take his son cross town to visit their sick mother, but on the way he must earn money as an arm wrestling champion. And get his truck and money. Yeah, and his well, son's love. Well. Whatever yeah. we can't work together. This yeah. is why we can't work together yeah. on log lines. <laughs> yeah, we we. Anyways, we. So, <laughs> gosh. Okay. So, what are your quick thoughts uh, before I get into it um, on on this movie that I we basically I basically made you watch? Yeah. So my quick thoughts are it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I thought it was gonna suck, but it didn't suck. So I was uh, quite surprised. Sylvester Stallone in the 80s was pretty jacked. He was like a well-oiled machine. And the way that they color-corrected the movie, um, his skin looked kind of like the sunset color. Okay. (laughs) Like golden, slightly red, slightly orange hue. Mm. Um, Any chance he could like take off his shirt, he was pretty much like topless, right? Am I just imagining it now? No, uh, he wasn't shirtless that, that much, but he wore tank tops a lot. Yeah, okay. He was wearing tank tops a lot. Um, and or, so there were two things that I, should I mention, like the, I felt like there were like two major things that I felt like the movie never answered. Well, let me. Okay. Yeah, let's, I'll make sure I get back to that, but let me uh, make sure I explain myself on yes, why explain yourself why i made you watch this movie oh and i should sorry i should mention that because these are movies um we both decided that we would watch each other's movies right before um we recorded this episode so because the movies are long you know we wanted to make sure we both knew what the movies were about mm-hmm. so we we did you know each know in advance uh the movie we're talking about right now so um but you don't know the reason why I love this movie. No. Because I saved that for our taping, which is, uh, you know, I didn't watch this when it came out in 87. I watched it like 20 years later uh, when I was doing research at a in a past career uh, for on Sylvester Stallone randomly. And, uh, you know, to me, I love, I don't know why. I, don't, I didn't talk about this movie because it's not a movie that is like a famed movie of the Sylvester Stallone canon nor is it a movie that he like kind of talks about like he's not like that into this movie himself so there's that so it's kind of like i guess 
paying respect to Stallone. But then also, I don't know who would want to talk about this movie with me. And also, I I guess part of me was like, because we work in the industry, like people would be like, why do you like that movie? Like, I don't know. Maybe it was like a, a bad a bad look, you know, because I don't like it ironically. <laughs> like, I, I genuinely think this is like the quintessential 80s movie because one it it doesn't really age well two it's like it's got amazing original music from the time period by like artists of that era they didn't use a score they used like actual songs from uh people like kenny loggins and whoever uh big trouble people you don't know jen but i barely know know i barely know myself but it's like a certain song it's like the top gun style of music that was oh, yeah. in this movie. Yeah, there um, was a lot of that style. The, you know, ultimately the plot is very touching. It's a dad trying to reconnect with his estranged son and who is uh, just regretful of his mistakes, which now that we have a child, that plot line, like, cuts a little deeper for me where I'm like, oh, the God, what if I, what if I left my son for 10 years and try to, like, make amends? Like, what a... What what a high stakes plot, you know, like, oh, uh, so that part got to me. And then um, just the fact that you could actually get money to make an arm wrestling movie is, <laughs> is like amazing to me. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you could do that now unless it's like ironic or like a self-aware movie or like a meta movie or, a, you know, we know we're making an arm wrestling movie like over the top doesn't know it's making an arm wrestling movie like those characters are living that life. Yeah. You know, it's really serious. You know, and this underground world of arm wrestling championship. Yeah, and also um so those are a lot of the reasons and then also uh I love that there's things that like are a bit implausible in the movie, which I feel like is a big trait of 80s movies where like yeah, why is that happening? I don't know. Like which which scenes? Well, just in general, you know, Stallone is like crossfit bodies to loan mm-hmm. um in a world where dudes have to be have jacked up arms and biceps to arm wrestle yeah i didn't quite understand the weight category separation of the championships like if you're sylvester stallone in the 80s with like a lean body before he got jacked and he's arm wrestling a guy that's four times his size does that make sense in a sports world well yeah to th- i noticed a plot a plot hole where they there's a, when they get to the arm wrestling championship um they mention weight class uh-huh. yet it's clear that he's arm wrestling with guys like way above his weight class like 200 pounds over yeah and even at the end they like acknowledge that when he fights um the end guy yeah that the bull the, whatever his name is, yeah bull or smasher or whatever his name is like that there's a clear weight difference yeah like that was part of the story like oh can he overcome his 21 odds to beat this like five-time champion and you're like well no he shouldn't because he's so yeah lean, but you know stallone has like the heart of a champion so it's basically rocky but for arm wrestling and i think that's what gets a bad rap about the movie is because it's not rocky it's because people <laughs> come yeah people compare it to rocky right and they don't t- separate it for what it is which is this like very touching father-son story and then also he has this like loving relationship with his wife though he left her like it's like a weird 
Yeah, there's a lot of weird, confusing things, but yeah. there's like good elements. Like it's a road trip movie. Um, it's a movie that talks about like class difference because the evil, um, I guess his father-in-law, father-in-law yeah. is trying to separate him from his son um, and his wife, I guess. And his, son, and his son, we should say, grew up privileged. Yeah, his son, who was raised by his father-in-law, was uh, put into military academy and is very, like, pretty, like, bougie boy. <laughs> yeah, he's, so he's prim and proper, so then his dad's, like, this rugged dude, trucker yeah. from the streets or whatever. Um, oh, yeah, so we should come back to the two issues you have with the movie. Well, yeah, I mean, I kind of touched on it as, like, the evil father-in-law, like, why is he so evil is it just because he's classist and uh, how did he actually come in between sylvester stallone's character lincoln hawk and his wife and how did um or what was the reason why sylvester stallone left is it all like the same thing did he leave his family because of this evil father-in-law and if so it kind of seems a little like not such a great reason to leave your family especially because like it seems like his relationship with his ex-wife or wife was fine there wasn't like you know irreconcilable differences it seemed like it was an external reason why he left his wife and kid which was possibly the father-in-law but we never know we never know what the real reason was why he left like was he dealing drugs like that kind of came up but then totally dismissed right away um i mean i think that's part of the mystery and beauty of this movie is that you don't know and you get to make up the reason but you know that it wasn't a good enough reason for the wife to not divorce her husband mm -hmm. like they're still married even through all this so then you're like well why are they still married like what's going on and also um she's it's unclear why she's sick but she's pretty sick in a hospital yeah like we don't know why she's dying yeah you just know that she is and i think that's like kind of a super 80s yeah like i feel a little k-drama ish too yeah like you don't know and it almost doesn't matter i accept it i like the melodrama of it like i'm into the melodrama yeah and then there's just stuff um that I love that you just you just could not do now like in a movie today a, in set in present day because it's like oh my god you yeah just, you just can't do that stuff yeah like because there's laws now like right. better laws there's to like protect so children much, working yeah there's so much law breaking and the the infamous scene where uh in the very beginning where the like the boys like uh you know, Stallone, let me get out of the car, get out of the car. And they're like, they're on a truck on the freeway. <laughs> and then Stallone's like, what? And then he pulls over and then the kid just like runs across traffic. And all these cars almost hit him. Yeah, but like, it's like, you, it's a well-coordinated stunt. So you see the cars swerve properly. Right. And like, there's no like, you know, and back then there's no cell phones and distractions. Right. So people actually are paying attention right. on the road, I guess. And, you know, that's just not a scene you would do now. And nor a decision a military trained academy student boy should no. do like he's like risking his life because he doesn't want to drive with his dad in a truck yeah like he should just like there's other things he could do and also i guess not to spoil it too much but he finds a way he gets separated from stallone before the arm wrestling championships and he finds a way to get there on his own oh, yeah. which is like completely implausible 
But How old was he? It. Like 10? Uh, he's like 12. And I'm like, a 12-year-old boy cannot pull off what he just pulled off because there's like, he somehow evaded TSA. He evaded law enforcement. He drove a car. He he drove a car. A uh, truck. No, a car. There's yeah. no there's no indication that he has a credit card or money on him. Right. But, but somehow he's able to. This is, this is before Apple Pay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he somehow pre-Apple Pay can do all these things and get on a plane and find his dad at this like world arm wrestling championship in Vegas. In another state. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah, it's so uh, wonderfully awesome. Uh, yeah. And that is... Unbelievable. The, yeah, so that is the movie uh, I love that I never talk about. Um, I'm not really sure why, in hindsight, why I never talked about it. Like, why I never, like... Because it wasn't the best movie. And we never talk about movies that are not that great, um, that you secretly love. We only talk about movies that, A, make you sound smart talking about it. B, it makes you sound like you're in the know because you watched what everybody else watched. I guess. Uh, C, it's not like critically acclaimed or, you know, yeah. everyone loves it. So you feel like you can't really share that. Yeah, I think it's the whole like, no, you don't, you like it ironically. Right. Like, no, I really like this movie. Like, yeah. and, and the added element of being a parent makes me yeah. like it more yeah. than I did when I first watched it. So, so that's my my pick uh we're gonna go into your pick jen uh we'll we'll play the trailer for the listeners at home but why don't you introduce the name of this film before we play the trailer all right my movie that i love that i never talked about which i actually haven't seen since college but i always liked it when i did watch it in college many times is a 2001 movie with angelina jolie and antonio banderas in their peak fame called Original Sin. All right, so I'm going to play the trailer and we'll come back. From the moment I saw her, I loved her. Their passion was intense. Take me home now. Their obsession was sinful. This is you and me together. I want to give her everything. Be careful, my friend. But her intentions are deadly. For the men. Man, I was lost, that's all. I'm gonna make you a rich widow. When something has to be done, you do it. Golden Globe nominee Antonio Banderas. You haven't forgotten me, have you? Academy Award winner Angelina Jolie. This is the only way, this is our way. Have you no conscience at all? No. In a film, Roger Ebert gives thumbs up. I cannot live without you! And the Chicago Tribune calls extremely steamy and visually lush. You gotta finish the job and have done with it. You cannot walk away from love. Original Sin. So, uh, I've waited to get Jen's explanation on this pick uh, for days now. Uh, I, only, I just watched it with her at the time a couple days ago and we promised each other we would not talk about it afterwards until we did this taping so um i don't should do you want me to like give a quick thought or like you want to just get no into you it? you did a quick thought first um i i for whatever reason didn't even know this movie existed <laughs> uh and i was actually very surprised because like when i was watching it i was like this is like i feel like this is peak banderas peak jolie they had just won awards or something that like 
they didn't have to do this movie. They did not have to do this. But movie. I felt like they just both wanted to just hook up or something. And so <laughs> they just did this super erotic, like period piece thriller in Cuba, which was like, <laughs> what? Uh, I guess, can I pitch it real quick? Yeah. Try to redeem myself from earlier. Yeah. Um, this is a period piece in the maybe maybe early 1900s, late 1800s, because they didn't have... Like Victorian era, I guess. Victorian yeah. era. In Victorian era Cuba, a coffee uh, plantation owner um, pays for a mail-order bride from America who doesn't turn out to be who she says she is. That's basically the movie. Yeah. And then it becomes this, like, kind of... Bonnie and Clyde like love hate love relationship and um you know they just hook up and but obviously the woman he learns is not who she says she is but then he's still cool with it mm-hmm. sort of but then Angelina Jolie has baggage mm-hmm. which comes into play in the thriller and uh then people's lives are at stake I, I don't know like it was like <laughs> I don't I don't it was really like the elements of the story were so random to me that I kind of liked it because I was like what why are they doing this movie what is going on here I didn't and then in in the very beginning it's it's based on a book I'm like oh okay because then like there's like booky things that they do where there's like this like poetic narration that occurs from Angelina Gina (laughs) <laughs> and from Jolie, You're drunk nah. From we're not we're drinking. We're water. drinking. No, we're drinking water from Jolie, and like, um. Well, it's like the. It's it's a bookend movie, like yeah. so. So it starts with the ending, so you know that. It starts with her like in jail. And you're like, okay, well, clearly she did something, or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you go through the movie, and then you find out actually why she's in jail. Mm-hmm. But then there's like a a little bit extra that happens after. Um, so yeah it's just like had all these like elements of like melodramatic thriller i i believed that antonio and jolie were really into each other uh physically because <laughs> <laughs> they're like two attractive people at their peak like attractiveness at right. the time so wasn't it so peak wise right it was the same year that angelina jolie was in tomb raider yeah or two meter came out the it was same pretty year. Cl- pretty close pretty close and then antonio just did all these movies mask of zorro they both were well angelina jolie won an academy award mm-hmm. like maybe a year or two prior banderas was nominated for like a golden globe or something so right. they were like big yeah they were big they were sex symbols yeah i guess like you don't really have to pay. if i was like a pitch in a hollywood room i'd be like all right we're going to get Banderas and Jolie and they're going to hook up in a movie for like an hour and a half. And they're going to be in costume because it's going to be like Victorian era. There's no cars. He's going to be riding horses the whole time. No, see, I, I look at it differently. I think, <laughs> I think like, I think like someone, some Hollywood dudes, like execs, like, Hey, Antonio and, and Angelina, we want you two in a movie together in an erotic thriller. What do you think? And then that's when the artists are like, I'll only do it if it's like in Cuba. I'll only do it if it's a Victorian piece. I'll only do it if. But it was based on a book, though. The story already existed. Oh, I guess. Oh, you're right. My bad. 
Yeah. Okay. So I have to like preface everything I'm gonna say with a disclaimer that when I saw it again a couple days ago with you, I was like, "This is not a good movie." So either my taste and palette of movies and time and just maturity, and maybe it was just like back then because I saw it in college. Um, I think a lot has changed since then, even culturally. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, why, why did why there are did, a lot of scenes that I now find ob- you know very objectionable. I mean, okay, prior to the rewatch, yeah, I guess like why did you love this movie so much? Okay, so in my college mind, when I used to watch it, maybe like because I, I think I had the DVD. This is, I feel like I had the Netflix mail-in stuff, or I don't know where I got it, but I had the DVD, and I watched it frequently. So it wasn't like I just watched it once or twice. I watched it probably like 10 times. I don't know. I'm just giving a number. But I watched it a lot. Um, And yes, I liked it because I love melodrama. I loved Antonio Banderas and a lot of like Almodovar movies uh, before he crossed over, before like his Mask of Zorro and all that time. And actually, if you see like Antonio Banderas' stuff in... um, Almodovar's films he's a different type of actor like same as like Penelope Cruz like when you see Penelope Cruz act in Almodovar films she's very different from like when you see her in like American movies so I feel like these actors when they cross over something um I don't know what Hollywood does to them but it (laughs) kind of cheesifies them in a way but anyways I'm still a big fan I was still a big fan of his acting um but in terms of the story I really liked it because I felt like Angelina Jolie's character at that time, for me, she embodied, like, everything a woman shouldn't be, but is, but she is, right? Mm. Because, like, in the Victorian era, like, women were, like, way more controlled by men. They were really, like, I mean, they had no voice. They had no power. They had no way to really, like, get ahead, and in this particular movie, if I believe everything that happened as like the time, pe- a time period, it is mm-hmm. whatever the time period because they don't really actually give a date, but you're sort of like okay, it's a Victorian era. It's before cars existed, right? Because they were in horses, but like buggies yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's all like horse and carriage. So in that era, like women had no power, um, and you see like Angelina Jolie like fuck whoever she wants, like assume an identity that you know i guess she kills or is an accomplice to a murderer of this woman who she ends up taking the identity of this woman and there were you know a couple things that i didn't like like oh she had to be like so evil that she had to um like only a woman that evil could you know kill someone take on their identity fuck whoever she wants um kind of rewrite like her story every time she feels like it steal all the money of a guy i mean yeah you have to be like pretty evil to do all of that stuff but in some weird way this movie i feel like didn't push the judgment too far you know they didn't really paint her as so evil like even though she is doing all these bad quote-unquote bad things or breaking the law or um and you know that she ultimately is going to die because that's how the movie starts. You end up feeling like her humanity through it all. And also it was refreshing to see 
like this woman who was able to use her sexuality, use her voice, be like smarter than the rest. Um, and then also she was real because she was being controlled by her like foster brother turned actor turned co-conspirator like her Clyde she's like Bonnie he's Clyde right yeah I mean I was gonna say like the I mean we're spoiling this movie but the I think she, we were supposed to spoil yeah it. but, but she's it's a 20 she's a ba- movie <laughs> she's basically indentured yeah so she like is like not I wouldn't I don't want to say owned but this dude has control over her right, right. Um, financially and also like psychologically psych- yeah, physically like, yeah he just has this like hold over this uh, uh jolie's uh character yeah um i liked uh sorry did you well yeah i just wanted to say like she wasn't like like all her evilness i think stemmed from her as like like a victim of this abusive relationship she was a part of and in that time period, like the only way for her to really get out of that was to find someone who would kind of save her from it, which that's the part I didn't like was that like she couldn't just like save herself. She needed like a man to save her, like a better man to save her in a way. Um, it was still like revolving around love and like she needed to figure out what real love was. So there are parts of her where I felt like was a little, uh, I don't know. Yeah, see, I didn't, I I didn't like quite react that way, and I don't know if it's because we're married, and like I just, I I have more of a feminist uh, presence in my life every day, and I try my best to, you know, <laughs> stay stay woke and all that. Uh, but I actually, I didn't see it as like, I didn't see Banderas as like a savior. Oh yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah, I saw it more as like Angelina's running cons. And finally, someone genuinely loves her, and she's like thrown, mm. like like he cracked her, like he somehow loved her so much and was willing to just basically ruin his life for her, mm-hmm. and like be part of this con that she that started to break her, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, I actually someone actually likes me for me and doesn't care what my name actually is or mm-hmm. what I've done. He just wants to be with me for me. And like that was like frightening to her and also obviously causes uh, conflict for her and makes her have issues with her like dude that like controls her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where the plot gets all spun around and shenanigans happen at the end. Um, so I didn't I didn't see her as being saved by him. OK. More, more as like he had what finally someone had what she was looking for right in life and so but then it is it's gonna come at a price right um which is basically mm. like the dude's like livelihood and uh all sorts of stuff um i like that interpretation better because yeah i think for me like watching it again <laughs> a couple of days ago i was like wow this movie has a lot of problematic things Um, I must have been blind to it, you know, when I was in college, uh, like, I guess I watched it like 19 years ago. I think I watched it when it came out or like soon after that. Um, but I love like the really nonsensical adventure of it too. Like that it was set in Cuba that, um, that it was like all like horses and carriages and, 
you can go from like one city to the other city and no one will know who you are like that could never happen like today like if i move from la to like beverly hills people will find me you know what i mean (laughs) oh yeah 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 Yeah. they were able to live in incognito and go on the run yeah most of the time yeah uh, and like yeah they pretty much that's basically what the story <laughs> yeah. is for them and their fate um but i also wanted to touch on one thing the title okay original yeah. sin yeah this goes back to like adam and eve right where yeah. like eve basically tricks adam and then the fall of man happens right yeah so when you watch it in that context of the title, you're like, oh, yeah, the woman is so evil that, like, she's going to, like, ruin everyone around her mm. and brings down, like, the house, basically, right? Um, but I think what was really interesting was that, and I think this is why I like it, is that, like, they could have went that way with it. And I don't know what the book, you know, how mm. the book actually is, but they could have gone that way with it where it was like, this woman is so evil, she's going to, like, ruin everyone. But the way that they painted her, she had so much of her own baggage and her history and, like, what she had to survive. Like, she was a survivor. And then she had to keep reimagining herself in different ways. Um, So, and then she also, like, there's a scene that I, like, hate. But, you know, there's a scene where she, um, I mean, it's basically a rape scene. And I forgot that that scene existed, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. in 2001 when I saw it. But when I saw it again, I was like, that sucks. Like, but in a way, it you know, if you're talking about the character that they were building, um, it's kind of like this woman has as much power as uh, as there is power taken away from her it's almost like every time she gains power, she loses power. So yeah. she's more three-dimensional, I guess. As a villainous uh, protagonist, I guess, um, Yeah, I felt like she was more three-dimensionally painted. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. mean, like she, I mean, she did have to endure like some bad sexual assault mm-hmm. type stuff. Um, but I, I wouldn't... Yeah, I, trigger warning, because there was a lot of stuff I saw now that... I didn't really like notice before that I felt like I don't know if you could make similar type of movie today being as woke as everyone is, you know, and just the landscape. Yeah. I don't know if you could really get away with some of the stuff that they did. Like, remember that one scene (laughs) where he like spat in her mouth? Yeah, there's like a weird kissing, but I'm going to spit in your mouth scene first. Yeah, yeah. It's like about ownership and like, it's so, but I, I, it also kind of feels like it was improv I mean, I don't know if that's in the book. Yeah, it was so gross. But yeah, there's like, a lot of finger sucking. <laughs> like, there's a lot of, anyways, like <laughs> the, I will say um, as we kind of come to a close that I don't think it's a bad movie. I just didn't know why that movie was made at the time it was made i just felt like those two maybe would have done that film years later if there was struggles in their career or something or way earlier or right or really early on before they like broke big like i felt like it was like they chose to do a movie where there's like an extensively long boning monologue Mm -hmm. montage i mean sorry oh the bird's eye view of the bed but it was like really long yeah where i was like and like they're both nude and i was like oh like 
they don't need to do nudity at this point. They're so huge. Yeah, yeah. Like, they could probably just do whatever they want at this point, movie-wise. But, but I think they wanted to. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think that comes through, and I think that's what makes the movie good, because you're basically, like, watching them do it. But they want they to. Because they want it to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, like, all that finger-licking stuff, like, that is all improv. Like, there is no... I'm sure the book or the script did not say Angelina Jolie keeps sucking on Antonio Banderas's finger. Like, that is not scripted, you know? Uh, they suck on each other's fingers a lot in the movie just count like you could play a drinking game with it yeah okay so why i didn't talk about it for mine um yeah it's kind of lowbrow and i don't know if that many people go around talking about like erotic thrillers in a non uh sarcastic non-ironic way you know like i mean yeah do i know people who genuinely love movies like showgirls (laughs) yeah but most people like it you know like a drinking game yeah i mean that movie's not a thriller no it's a sort of erotic i guess i think i like erotic thrillers because i also like um watching things where you see people being pushed to the extreme okay and i like that i don't know i like melodrama that's why I love K-drama. This is why I love, like, Amadovar films. I love when um, things get emotionally too extreme or, like, when storylines get very extreme or heated or, like, life or death. I don't know. I like that kind of... Maybe it's because I know it, it can't really happen in real life. I mean, it could, but it's condensed. So there's, like, a safety in it. It's more like a fantasy that's fair yeah all right well it's candy yeah so i was also super horny in college so i was always watching horny films okay well i think that's a good way to end uh, the episode so uh let's (laughs) thank uh jen my spouse and also a filmmaker in her own regard uh and those are our movies so um i've never directed a sex scene Okay, so uh, Over the Top, uh, Original Sin, go check that out uh, if us talking about it gets you interested. All right, talk soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, if you'd like to know when our next new episode comes in, it's easy. You can subscribe for Best Noy I Never Told. That's right, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher.